Hi folks, Wooden Boat Dan here. Just wanted to give you a heads up. The podcast you're about to listen to was recorded several years ago. So some of the phone numbers, email addresses, website, links, and time-sensitive information are no longer valid. Please keep that in mind as you listen. If you'd like to contact me, my email address is woodenboatdan at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Hooked on Wooden Boats, weekly podcast episode number 35, as in 3-5. I am your host, Dan Matson, and this is the world's first podcast fully dedicated to celebrating the art, craft, history, and tradition, don't forget the tradition, of wooden boats, and occasionally to talk about dieting and weight loss, but not very often. Welcome to the show, folks. Hook on Wooden Boats, episode 35. Great to have you here today. We've got a lot of fun stuff planned as usual. Uh, on the weight loss note, I am down 2.5 pounds this week, so <laughs> good for me. Yay, yay. Uh, anyway, amazing what it does to cut long hair off. You can lose about one pound that way. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have any hair, so don't nothing to cut off there. Today's featured segment is an interview with Peter Krim. I met Peter at the Pacific Northwest Maritime Heritage Council meeting in Portland back in April, Portland, Oregon. And then Peter and I hooked up a couple of weeks ago at the Cama Beach facility of the Center for Wood Boats. He was attending a uh, school there, a three-day session on teaching with boats. And uh, I hooked up with him, him there and did an interview. Peter's with the Wind and Oar Boat School in Portland, Oregon, which is a little less than a year old. old. So please stick around for that interview. I'd love it if you would connect with me. Uh, it's fun to get emails. And my email address is dan at hookedonwoodenboats.com. You can also subscribe to my e-news list by going to hookedonwoodenboats.com slash subscribe. That's a forward slash, not to be confused with a backslash or a side slash. You can also uh, write comments on my blog, which is my website. And uh, it's also called my show notes. So whatever you want to call it, you can write comments there. And you can connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest by searching for Wooden Boat Dan. So please do that. I love to hear from people and connect and have fun with this whole thing. Uh, this past weekend, I attended the 33rd Annual Olympia Washington Wooden Boat Fair. First time I'd been to that one, and uh, they've been going and running as, about as almost as long as the Seattle show, which I think is 36 years this year. So when I got there, I, uh, I went right to the director's uh, trailer, and I met Megan Juritz and sat down and did a little interview with her about the show. And then I, I just had a blast. I also interviewed Hal Van Gilder, who's the president of the Olympia Wooden Boat Association, and he has a boat that his dad built when he was a kid in California uh, that he still has, and he talks about that. Lots of interesting people there. Then I met Ray Gillespie, who's 92 years old. He started the Sea Scout program in Olympia in 1965. 
and even tells a tall tale of the Sea Scouts being shipwrecked in Alaska when he was involved. (laughs) Everybody made it out alive, and he's actually written a book about that and gave me a copy of it. Then I interviewed Bob Peck, and Bob um, was there with his 10-foot scaled-down version of a East Coast Harbor Tug, which is a really awesome little boat. And then I also did a short interview with Mishan and Daniel Ewart, who are a couple young ladies who own a 1925 Ed Monk Senior-designed sailboat. It has a cutter rig. It's 28 feet overall length, and it's a gorgeous boat. So I just had a heyday down there. Uh, I was there about, I don't know, seven or eight hours, saw a ton of boats, talked to a lot of people, did some interviews. And so on my upcoming uh, podcast, I'm going to be playing some of those interviews. So you want to tune in again, please. I guess you don't tune in if it's not really a radio show. It's internet radio, so it's different than tuning in. But anyway, you know what I mean. As far as upcoming events, this Saturday, May 19th, is the first annual Pocket Yacht Palooza in Port Townsend, Washington. They're asking folks to bring bring their 10 to 23-foot boats to register first and show up and have a lot of fun. And then if you go to my website, on each of my blog posts the last few weeks, I have a list of upcoming events, most of them in the Pacific Northwest. I've got the, uh, but I've also got an event in on the East Coast, which is the Mystic Seaport Wooden Boat Festival. If you have uh, wooden boat events that you'd like me to show on my site, please email those to me, dan at hookedonwoodenboats.com. Well, this week I got an email from Steve Sigma. I don't suppose he's related to Jack Sigma, who used to be a, a very good basketball player for the Seattle Supersonics when the Sonics were in Seattle. But anyway... Jack sent a very brief uh, email last week with a couple pictures of a boat that he built. And uh, there was a picture of him and his wife in the boat. And his wife, during the photograph, was sending a text message (laughs) to someone. So his headline read something like, Ban Boating and Hexting, or something like that. It was pretty funny. So I wrote back to Steve and said, Hey, Steve, you know, tell me some more about your boat. And so this is the email I got back. Hang on just a second. So here's what Steve had to say. The Susie B, which is the name of his boat, was built in 2010 in my home shop. She is 14 feet 0 inches long with a 60-inch beam. Maximum payload or maximum load capacity, 2,618 pounds. The boat is strip-built using western red cedar, bead and cove construction, system 3 epoxy, and 6-ounce cloth inside and out. I estimate the weight without the motor to be about 140 pounds. It could have been lighter, but I wanted flat floor boards out of clear pine. Also adding to the weight was the maple seat compartment boxes. The seat tops, gunnels, transom knees, and trim bits are mahogany. It was designed to be a car topper, but it's a bit heavy for that now. It took about 400 hours to build from full-size plans from Comp Marine. The bright work is Epiphanes, Epiphanes, not Epiphany, (laughs) Epiphanes. The interior varnish is Epiphanes matte finish. 
The bow stern is protected, bow stem is protected by a three quarter inch half round solid brass that runs all the way to the transom over the five inch mahogany skeg. Bra uh, brass was also used for cleats, oarlocks, stir handles, and bow eye. Now for the gory part. On my third time out this spring, I was cruising at full speed when I hit a submerged stump. Ooh, bummer. And he's got a little outboard on on the boat. I rode up on the stump. I rode up the stump on the skeg, and when it slipped off, she came down hard on the hull just forward of the transom. It blew a three-inch hole in the hull on the bottom. The transom held fast, so there was no structural damage there. Needless to say, I hightailed it about a half mile back to my launch where I could inspect the damage. Of course, I was heartbroken. It's kind of like when you, one of your kids get, gets hurt or breaks an arm. Bummer, Steve. Anyway, uh, he says, he goes on to say here, Anyway, the cedar strips and the epoxy and cloth surfaces were still pretty much intact. I was able to clear out the splinters inside the brake load the voids with epoxy and fold the flaps back in place. Then I sanded off all the varnish from the transom to the rear seat box back to the original epoxy. This was particularly frustrating because I spent this past winter doing a complete revarnish of the boat inside and out. I laid a section of fiberglass cloth and epoxy in the bottom and sanded and varnished. Then flipped her over and repeated the process on the outside. The repair is solid and doesn't look too bad. Kind of like those stitches and scars that are a constant reminder of an injury or surgery. Anyway, I'm going to stop whining now. The pictures I sent were of my wife Sue and I on our first evening back on the river after the accident. All is well again. Well, thanks for that message, Steve. And I'm going to include some photos of your boat in my blog today. And uh, really pretty boat. Great job on that. I'm glad you got her fixed up. That's the nice thing about wooden boats is you can repair them yourself. Especially if you built them yourself. It's not that hard to do. So nice job. And thanks again for emailing in. Well, we're going to move on to the interview now with Peter Krim from the Wind and Oar Boat School in Portland, Oregon. Take it away, Peter. Okay, it's April 29th. I am sitting here with Peter Krim from the Wind and Oar Boat School. Did I get that right, Peter? That's correct. In Portland, Oregon. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you. How's it going today? Oh, it's terrific. Cool. We're just winding up a three-day conference or two-and-a-half-day conference called Teaching with Small Boats. And uh, we've had people from all over the country here really exploring uh, what teaching is all about and what experiential learning is all about hands-on learning right and yeah. uh there um there's some people here who have been at it a while and really know what they're pocket. doing and <laughs> everybody seems to have a little different Searching focus but there's a lot of information passed around yeah <laughs> so i didn't mention but we're actually at the cama beach uh facility where center for wooden boats has uh, a livery and boat rental place and and there's a conference center here, so that's where you've been for this teaching with small boats, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 So, so what was kind of the emphasis of that conference, Peter, or their purpose? Well, this is the second one. Uh, previous one was held uh, two years ago. It was started by Joe Ucha from the Alexandria Seaport Foundation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And apparently they put together a steering committee at that time that has been working on trying to determine what 
this organization really is going to be and where it's headed. And so a lot of what this was about um, was programs, sharing with each other what they do, all of it has to do with teaching uh, youth basic skills, life skills, hard skills, soft skills, um, in various ranges of at-risk, I guess is what you would call it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of them are running programs where the clients are have already been to jail. Um, some are much more middle middle of the pack students, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but all of it's about using boat building as a vehicle to teach academic uh, pursuits, mm-hmm. mostly math and science, obviously. Okay, yeah. It's a different approach working with your hands to learn versus reading the book completely to learn stuff. Right. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's gaining momentum, I think, because the success rates are pretty abysmal in the sciences and in math mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. around the country. So it's a credible approach. Uh, costs money and then a lot of this is being done outside schools or some in some alternative school situation because public schools can't afford to do these kinds of things. They've already shut all their shops. You know, mm-hmm. they um, don't have staff to do it. Take some specialized you know, obviously boat building is a specialty of sorts. Yeah, right. Uh, but they don't really focus on the boats themselves. They're focusing on the things that you learn while building boats. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, cool, cool. Yeah. So before we talk about the school that you you started, uh, let's. Uh, I'd like to find out more about you and your boating background and why you like wooden boats and <laughs> if you got involved as a kid and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, well, my family had a has had wooden boats since I was six. They were all sailboats. Mm-hmm. Started small, got to cruising size. Through my teenage years, we cruised southern New England uh, on an Alden 34-foot oh. Alden cruising boat. Wow. Um, so you grew up in New England? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, I was also teaching sailing at that point in Beetle Cats up in New Hampshire. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, I... And a beetle cats have got real wide beam. Yeah, uh, they're bathtubs of sorts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or spas, maybe. <laughs> they're like 16 feet long with an 8-foot beam or yeah, something like that. Yeah, It's um, <laughs> great for teaching kids how to sail them. Yeah. There's uh, almost no risk. And you can put a bunch in and hand them the tiller and the sheet and say, go at it. And they that's the way they learn. Yeah. Get their hands on the boat. So it was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed doing that. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, I still enjoy teaching, which is why I'm coming full circle finally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you grew up around boats and sailing and on the East Coast. Yeah, and my, my dad uh, actually was trained as a naval architect, although that wasn't what his career was. And my uncle has been building boats for ages and designing, building his own designs. Wow. Uh, so it's something that it's always been part of what the family was about mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Yeah. Certainly not the at the level of some of the guys who are inside here mm-hmm. who've been actually yeah. building themselves for lifetimes. Yeah, you know? right. So have you built some boats yourself over the years, Peter? And, um, I can only say a couple. Okay. Um, and only recently. Uh-huh. Um, wow. I took a large detour into the te- tech world 
I worked in television for 20 plus years. And oh, really? Started a couple of companies. Both were high tech companies of sorts, um, advertising companies. So I then I actually got into a building. I was interested in green building. I got working for a design build firm, and uh, when that business kind of tanked with the economy, yeah, I said, "Here's my chance." And so I went to wooden boat school for the summer of 2010. Oh, you did over in uh, Port Hedlock? No, up in Brooklyn, Maine. Oh, in Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I uh, just came back inspired. You know. So wow. This is what, yeah. What I'm really going to do? How long of a course was that? Well, it was a series of courses. They okay. offer basically one and two week classes. So I took uh, a design class, a lofting class, a uh, small boat repair class, one in fundamentals, one in. We built a uh, peat color wary yawl, mm. yawl boat, um, with, it traditionally lap straight with you know, rivets and the whole thing. And that took two weeks. So. That um, and actually, I met a guy there who was also there for the summer. Who just graduated from college and told me he was moving to Portland, Oregon. And I said, "Well, what did he say? look me up." And when he got here, we decided. To, so between us, we, we sort of made the school happen. Really? Yeah. And he's uh, by profession. Well, I should say he's earning his day job. His day job is. Yeah. See you next time. Bye. Well, you know, I'm going to pause here yeah. for just a second. Okay, Peter, so we were, we took a little break there, <laughs> a little noise. Uh, so we're back, and we were just starting to talk about the school. You and a friend had started this, or somebody you met at the... A young fellow that I met at uh, the Wooden Boat School just happened to be the right place at the right time here okay. Okay. in Portland. And when I said I was going to do this, he said, that'd be great. I, I'm interested. And he turned out to be a tremendous help. He's got a lot of complementary skills to mine, yeah. which are more organizational. And uh, I've been through hey, a couple of startups before, Foley. but you know, he's seen, he's good with the materials. He was a sculptor by training. He has a nice way with the, the students. So we just meshed well. Okay. Um, and it was nice to have some somebody else to bounce stuff off of as you're getting started you know yeah, right it's really hard to start in a vacuum yeah yeah I, you know, been, so what's the main purpose or focus of the school um i would say that basically it's youth education okay and but it's um we have sort of a three-prong attack when we talk about the school. We talk about building community, we talk about building skills, and we talk about building awareness. And the community is pretty self-evident. The team building and that kind of thing that goes on when you're uh, working together on building a boat just is part of what happens. Mm-hmm. And we happen to be working in a space that just really fosters that as well. So it's a just a tremendous... Oh, that's that's really part of what made Wooden Boat School so important was that sense of community that came out of that. And you could mm-hmm. see it in every single person that went through there. Within a week, they were all, they had this camaraderie. And that was something I was hoping to find a way to create, mm-hmm. recreate. Yeah. And then the skill building is something that's, um, there's sort of two kinds of skills. There's those hard skills, mm-hmm. like how do you build a boat? 
mm-hmm. and then there's the soft skills like how do you get along with each other while you're building a boat without you mm-hmm. know getting fried and it's a it requires cooperation and so you have to learn how to manage you know your emotions and you have to have patience it's, you don't build a boat fast yeah. <laughs> you know it's um, so there are a lot of sort of soft personal skills that can be taught as well mm-hmm. and then the building awareness part that we're um, looking at is sort of a uh, global awareness which incorporates where the wood came from how it was cut down what the you know uh, watershed um, what the water itself means what it the how our boat ties to a bigger picture mm, we don't okay. just go plop it in the water you know that water has issues maybe maybe not um, and your boat has a relationship to that water mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. so we're trying to you know we create this awareness we've partnered with some of the well for instance Willamette River Keepers we're going to be sharing Willamette Willamette, Willamette River. River Keepers okay uh-huh. um, it's an environmental organization concerned yeah. with the health of the river and we're going to work with them they're going to bring people in to teach people in our classes about what their boat is going to do in the river or what mm-hmm. the river is all about and we're going to try and run some classes for their paddlers or whatever on building oars paddles whatever kayaks mm-hmm. okay canoes um, so we're, we're trying to you know figure out these partnerships now as we go this is really just starting um when when did you start ten, the school 10 months ago oh wow june, june 1st okay a year ago or last year um so we've done a fair amount in a short amount of time but we got a lot of big ideas. <laughs> I don't know where they're going for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so are you going to be involved with the school districts and offer credit classes like at the high schools, local high schools? Is that I, part of the plan? I don't think that we will have, well, we have several levels of education that we're going to be pro, uh, dealing with here. At the high school level, probably not. Um, I suspect that We'll follow the model of like robotics clubs or something like that. There'll be after-school programs. Oh, okay. And there'll be some uh, fundraising that the students would have to do. Um, we hopefully we'll get some sponsorships for these boats, and then uh, they'll build a boat and start rowing against other high schools. And so it'll become a club sport essentially. Oh, I see. Uh, Build your boat and compete with right. against other schools. Right. Oh, cool. And then there's, um, and the reason I'm staying here for another three days is that we're getting trained on a program called Build to Teach, and that's really a specific uh, math education program that's funded by the uh, Office of the Naval Research, and it's got a, a series of skills that are identified by grade level that it'll address in boat building. Mm-hmm. So you build a um, and you can build a build a skiff or you could build models you can build half models, you can uh, build paper models I mean, depending on which level you start at it goes 4th through 8th grade and we'll try to partner with uh, well most likely it will be the private schools or charter schools at first but I think that um, we'll start to cultivate uh, public school as well. 
and and get in at that level, I, mm-hmm. and that's going to be much more scholastically oriented. Okay, and that will be. We won't give credit, but we would like to be part of an, an education unit within a a math or science program. Yeah. Okay. So, what classes did you start? Have you started out with over the last ten months? What kind of classes have you held? Uh, well, the first one was building a Rosie, which is the twenty-two foot St. Isles skiff. Okay. Um, that's a, a boat that was chosen by Wooden Boat Magazine for what they're calling their build, boat building and rowing challenge program, which was for high schools. Mm-hmm. Which is part of the reason we picked that okay. one. Yeah, and we didn't have um, the traction to go out and get the high school people to build it at that time because we were just starting up. Uh, so we found a group of women to do it who were connected to friends and so on. So these were people that we knew that, uh, or second order, we knew them. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Ages 23 to 61, who came together and built this St. Isle skiff in three and a half months. Wow. And started rowing it in September last year. Rode it in the row for the cure in October. And then through the month of October, then pulled it back out in 1st of November. Okay. And uh, that was a great experience for all of us. I mean, for the women, it was phenomenal. And because this boat actually comes from Scotland, where there are, I think, 30 of them built now, and maybe another 25 being built, and it's all community boat builds, Mm -hmm. they heard about these women building it and Uh got all over it. They were just thrilled that these women were building the boat. Cool. And they've invited them over there to Scotland to go row, and they said they'd put them up and find a boat for them to row in and uh, yeah they, they, it was kind of a big deal in that community of skiffs yeah. and uh, so they uh, that was a good good experience for them good for us to get sort of our feet wet in terms of what that boat was going to take to build and and what the steps were going to be and what kind of issues might arise so that when we start doing it with high school students it'll be a lot smoother than yeah. the first time and we want to do a lot more teaching than we did with this one. This was really just like build the boat. Mm-hmm. I mean, we taught what we had to. Yeah. But we'd like to be able to get um, more teaching time built into the same time frame. I so see. we've been refining the build process. And then <coughs> since then, we've also offered some short courses in um, woodworking for boat builders. I want Greenland style kayak, um, ore making, block plane making, wooden block planes. Oh, um, I think that's about it. That we oh, and then restoration, mm-hmm. and we're restoring an uh, international fourteen right now. Oh, cool, cool. So the Saint Isle skiff is that a plank on frame boat? It's a glued lap strake. Okay, glued lap yeah. strake. So it's, it's a, it's Kumi, a, kit. a Kumi plywood type. Yeah, thing? yeah. It's a kit um, that was designed by Ian Utrid, oh. and Jordan Boats in Scotland has the license to, to make the kit. Okay. And they licensed it to a um, company in Maine, who then subcontracted the cutting to a group in Port Townsend. Oh, really? So we didn't have to pay the cross-country shipping. Oh, we were nice. able to get it cut up here. Okay. And then... Uh, uh, which I guess they arranged because we were coming along and they figured out that, you know, 
there was somebody else, but they've kept pretty tight control over it. There are no plans for the boat. All you get are construction prints, and uh, they're trying to hold on to those. But they are trying to keep it a one-design class, so they have some specific you know, rules about how so, to build it. Okay, so that's a recently designed boat, it sounds like. Yeah, they just started uh, building these in 2010, I think. Oh, wow. And the design, the organization was put together in 09. And yes, enjoy your child. Down there? Yeah. Tyson down there, too? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, the kit consists of planks, molds, and four frames. And then the rest of it, you resource yourself. I see. So, and it gives you a little bit of design freedom, too. I mean, yeah, you could yeah. build the gunnels whatever way you want, yeah. or the rudder, mm-hmm. and the oars. I mean, we made a set of oars that are... Because <laughs> we were trying to source everything locally. We did it through a company that uses a lot of reclaimed wood and so on. Oh, and yeah. So they're 14-foot fur oars that weigh a bloody ton. Oh, man. <laughs> and we haven't even tried them yet. Because oh. they didn't get them done. And one of the lessons that they tried to tell us and we blithely ignored was make the oars first. And the reason became very clear because when you get the boat done and the oars aren't done, you go out and find yourself a set of oars and go rowing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Ah, I'll do them later, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the boat went out and we borrowed oars. Yeah. And we've been rowing with that. Oh, really? Funny. <laughs> but. Uh, How many rowing stations does that have? It's four sweep oars, four sweep oh, positions. Oh, four sweeps, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a cox. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a traditional like... fishing boat oh, from is it? Skyline. Oh, and yeah. I've designed, modeled after the Fair Isle skiff, which is an old traditional mm-hmm. boat. Mm-hmm. And this has wooden oar locks, which I call them cabes. Really? Um, which are, in this case, just big rectangular blocks of wood, and then that part of the oar is square, so it fits against it. Oh, really? And you sort of lash a line through the gunnel and over the top of the oar to keep it from jumping away on the backstroke. So it's not uh, high-tech rowing. Yeah. It's really basic. Traditional. Yeah, you don't feather the oars. You just row them, which is great because it takes a lot of pressure off. you know, you might. We're not out there sculling or trying to compete at that level. We're yeah. just rowing the boat. You yeah. Know? And yeah. so that's that's good. Cool. It, yeah. It means that they don't have to. If they can row and sink, they've done a good job. Yeah. You know, right. which is some of them never rowed before either. Yeah. Right. So, right. So how do you get funding for the school? How's the school funded? Well, at this point, uh, we're. Uh, I would say 15% of it is tuition and maybe 30% is donations and the other, whatever's left, came out of my back pocket. Oh, really? At this point. Yeah. yeah. Which was actually going. mostly the startup period. And uh, in the last five months, we've been self-supporting. Oh, cool. But that's probably because we're not, you know, <laughs> we're not doing an awful lot because yeah. we can't and uh, when we fit it, part of it we're limited by space okay. we have a small space to work in yeah it's only um, 400 square feet right now and oh. so it's maybe enough for two boats mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we have the restoration going on. We've got a couple of projects in line waiting to happen. Um, and I'm trying to balance which ones we do um, by, you know, what's going to be the most effective uh, either public relations for us or revenue generating one or the other. It's mm-hmm. got to have a real solid purpose. And mm-hmm. We're not going to restore just any old thing or build just any old, any old thing if it doesn't have some sort of follow-on value to us. Sure, you know, sure. We won't survive that way. Yeah. Our 501c3 application should be going in this week. Oh, okay. Um, but that's, you know, that's could be eight months out. That takes a little while to get it's it It's take some time. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of cramps your fundraising. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right. But I think what we've done so far is going is going to make it very easy to get that. And when it comes time for grant applications, I think we will have a good track record and plenty to tell, you know, mm-hmm. potential yeah. grantors that we've been doing a lot of good stuff. So. so you're pretty unique in the Portland area for what you're doing, aren't you? It seems like it. Yeah. I, I don't know of anything else that's actually gone down this path. There is a... I know of a furniture comp- group that teaches, I th- believe they teach furniture making, that also builds small boats. But oh. I'm not sure if they teach building or whether they just build small boats. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a tough, yeah, I mean, as a business, it would not have made any sense. Yeah. You know, you could not have. Yeah. That's the market's not big enough and it's the wrong time mm. in the economy to be doing that as a business yeah as a school it, it's got a much better story to tell mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know ultimately uh, it'd be nice to be building boats all the time but I don't think I'm going to end up doing that yeah <laughs> I think, uh, somebody else is going to have to do that <laughs> right right so you're doing this full time I am yeah yeah probably takes a lot probably full time plus it is plus I actually spend um I'm at my desk, you know, at 6 o'clock in the morning, and then somewhere around 1 o'clock I end up in the shop, and mm. I'm there till, you know, 6 or 7 at night. So, yeah. And uh, is the shop uh, just a facility you're renting? It is. It's, yeah. uh, it's a place called ADX. It's a membership-based community work um, workshop is... The first word I use, but it's actually a lot more than that. It's oh. got a lot of... Uh, space for collaboration and they, they've specifically designed it to encourage you know, architects and graphic designers and people incubating any kind of manufacturing uh, business. Mm-hmm. There's some small um, there's some guys building speakers who are eventually going to, or actually do sell them online. There's a CNC machine there so they can actually oh, wow. cut parts. Nice. Uh, which keeps in the back of our head we could be making, be making boat kits or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, so lots they, of different little businesses there that are that could have, be. can work together right. where it makes sense. Yeah, it's got a terrific shop that is run full-time by a guy who used to be in the business, a boat business. Oh, wow. So he knows what we need, and he keeps those, the machines in fantastic shape. So we don't have to worry about safety. Yeah. Um, everybody gets trained before they oh, nice. step up to a machine. But uh, these women were perfectly comfortable using the bandsaw by the time they were done they just mm-hmm. run in there and cut a part out and you know it's 
what you hoped for. Yeah. It was perfect. And right. part of it's because of the confidence that they had in that machinery and that they had, you know, gotten enough time on it that mm-hmm. they were yeah. uh, confident. But Are you close to the river? School close? It's 11 blocks, so oh, okay. no, I guess not really. Okay. Um, not that and that far, would be a goal you someday. You can't go a block away and put your boat no, in. No, no. <laughs> that's... Uh, you know that's part of the future plans is to yeah. figure out through these coalitions how to get space on the water. Yeah, right. Maybe through the Maritime Heritage Coalition when that Could gets developed. Something that they do. Yeah, that's you know. Yeah, they uh, they're working along one direction. There isn't a lot of aren't a lot of options in Portland, mm-hmm. and it's kind of too bad that people hadn't thought that through before the development that occurred. It's, and now there are, there's a lot of interest now, but it's there's not a lot of not a lot of property. options to work with, yeah. right? Yeah. So we're all keeping our fingers crossed if something develops. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. What about you personally, Peter? You get out on the water some? Uh, Your boat or other people's boats? Or? I actually sail with a guy back east, a couple of guys back east a lot. Oh. When I get a break, um, I've got a couple of boats in the side yard, but uh, really? I haven't had time to get out in them much. i got a sailboat and a power boat that I'm okay. restoring. Oh, really? And what I kind I like of boats are they? Uh, an O'Day Widgeon. It's a sailboat and a uh, Cruisers Inc. power boat that I inherited. Got it for free. Really? And I flipped it over and started scraping paint. And getting it's ready. a wooden boat, too? It's a wooden boat. Wow. But... Uh, all of a sudden, I got busy on other, <laughs> other projects. Yeah, so takes time, if it doesn't, doesn't happen it? soon, uh, I'm going to hear about it from the uh, other side of the family. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> but uh, it's a... Uh, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to a time when I can get out and row. I would love to be able to row consistently out there. And, uh, yeah. Row to work or something. You know, yeah, I, right. Just, I love it. Uh, but rowing and sailing... You know, two things I'd love to be doing a lot more of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Well, people want to get a hold of you or look up the school online. What's your contact information? Well, I guess the quick way to tell them is it's boatschool.windandor.org. Boatschool.windandor.org. Right. And okay. then there's a contact page. Okay. That gets, gets okay. to me. Yeah, okay. And is there a direct email, too, that somebody wants to email you? Yeah, it would be Peter at windandore.org Peter at windandore.org Right. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Very good. Any uh, parting comments for our listeners today? Oh, well, I'm uh, pleased that you made it up here to have a chance to talk to you a little bit. Very I good. appreciate it. Okay. Great. Well, thanks yeah. for joining me today, Peter. Oh, well, thank you. We'll be in touch. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Peter, for doing that interview. I wish you the best at your boat school there in Portland, and I hope to actually visit your uh, site there sometime. That would be really cool. Well, thanks, listeners, for tuning in today. Uh, If you haven't already, please subscribe to my podcast. You can do that on iTunes in the podcast section, or you can do that on my website by clicking on the RSS button. And when you're in iTunes, if you like the show, please leave me a five-star review. That'll move me up in the rankings, and uh, that should attract more listeners, which is the whole point here. We'd like to get lots of people on board, so to speak. Next week, I'm going to be playing an interview or two from the Olympia Boat Fair this past weekend. Haven't decided which of the five interviews I'm going to play. I'll probably play maybe two of them together. 
So come back next week for that interview or those interviews. It should be a lot of fun. If you'd like to help support the show, uh, you can do so by making a purchase through Amazon or Jamestown Distributors. The way that works for Amazon is you would go to my website and click on the Resources tab at the top. On that page are 10 or 15 items that are sold at Amazon. If you click on any one of those items, it takes you to Amazon. And then if you select anything on Amazon and make a purchase, I get paid a modest commission on that. And I would appreciate it. Uh, the other way is if you're in the market for boat building or marine supplies in general, if you go to my homepage, hookedonwoodenboats.com, in the upper right-hand corner, if you click on the Jamestown Distributors icon there, It'll take you to their website, and if you make a purchase within 30 days of anything on the website, I get a small commission there, too. So if you like the show and you want to buy something, uh, please help support me that way. I would appreciate it. Well, it's good having you today. We're wrapping it up now. We're done for the week, and we'll be back again next week on Thursday. Thanks for listening. Spread the word if you would. Let people know how awesome wooden boats are and that you enjoy listening to Wooden Boat Dan every Thursday. Keep the sunny side up and the barnacle side down. Wooden Boat Dan, over and out. Have a great week and get out on the water. Bye-bye.